Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Like when I post something, it's, it's much more about like, this is what I'm going through and, you know, I need to get this out of my head and try to commiserate and like, you know, we made up a slogan a long time ago, like if I'm not memeing, I'm screaming. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Each week, I bring you honest and hilarious conversations with men from all types of backgrounds. But at the end of the day, we all just want to be better dads. Question, how does an architect slash engineer become a stay-at-home dad for more than 10 years while also going on to create one of the most popular dad meme accounts on Instagram? Only Roger Strong from Real Tough Dad can answer that one. But first, hey, attempters, how the heck are you? How was your week? What a week it's been. It feels like two weeks, because <laughs> actually it has been two weeks. If you're keeping score at home, I love that expression, by the way. Do people still do that? You sit there, you know, watching a baseball game and actually keep score at home. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I don't. Uh, this past week, I was working on some really exciting video projects coming up. We're going to be shooting them this week, but it was a lot of pre-production. Plus, I was traveling to see my parents because Ellis had a couple days off of school. Sometimes the attempting of fatherhood actually extends to attempting to get an episode edited and professional stuff as well. So we're here and we're doing it. And I am so excited for you guys to meet the man behind Real Tough Dad. Now, I'll admit when I was doing some research for this season, different guests I wanted to have, I didn't even know about Real Tough Dad. but then it turns out I have seen them before because the memes are hilarious. They're so poignant and you got to know who's behind these, right? Because that person is having a very real experience because that's not just like a general, someone who's funny. Oh, I bet a dad thinks this. It's like, no, I'm thinking that in the moment and I wanted to meet who they were and the they is actually just a one. It's a he, it's Roger Strong. So we'll talk about him in just a second. Now we are already halfway through season three which is crazy how quickly things are moving. Uh, as always, want to remind you to be supporting the show. Yes, you, yes, you can support the show with a simple share. Tag us in stories on Instagram if there was a, a funny post or a, a good interview that you liked. And if you want some swag, DM me on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood, or you can email me, Bradley at AttemptingFatherhood.com. Boom, I got some stickers and stuff I can send your way. All right, so this chat with Roger was really interesting. He's an older dad. He is a stay-at-home dad, and he comes from a military family. So he's like, it's really like three conversations, like three dads in one. He brought a lot of really cool conversation to the table. Uh, here's his dad's stats. Married for 23 years, has three kids, 10, 8, 6. And as an OG stay-at-home dad, he's got some hilarious stories that he brings to the table here about how people would see him at the park with his kids, and they would just kind of essentially ask him like, oh no, what's, what's wrong with your wife? Is she sick? Uh, did you did you volunteer to babysit the kids? If you're a dad listening, have you ever heard that before? Someone being like, oh, you have the kids today? And it's not meant to be mean. I know those are just cultural norms. I'm not knocking that. But, you know, as you guys know, there is a shift happening, right? Because if you're listening to a dad podcast, you've got to be a, a fairly involved dad. So you know that things are shifting, and Roger talks about that. This was interesting, too. His dad was in the military. He talks about how even though his dad was gone for long stints at a time, whether it was overseas or just, you know, out of the city where they were living, he was working on super top secret stuff. So he was closed off about that and he was closed off about pretty much everything Roger talks about. 
but he knew his absence, his dad's absence, was kind of out of, out of a sense of duty rather than just selfishness, like dad wants to play golf on Saturdays or something like that all day long, which I'm not knocking golf. If you need a break, you need a break. Hashtag mental health. I get that. But the idea that dad isn't being selfish and just taking all this time for himself and leaving and doing whatever he wants, it's more so that there's this sense of duty. And he talks about that. Also, I should warn you, trigger warning. He talks about enneagrams. Enneagrams, enneagrams. I'm not exactly sure anymore. (laughs) I just, uh, I know from churches, to MBA programs, this personality test is super popular. And it is very interesting and very helpful in understanding yourself and your kids. He explains a little bit about that if you don't already know or if you're not overwhelmed with it already. Finally, his dad advice at the very end was very powerful. I want you to stick around to the end because I loved what he said. So you can hear that, take it, do what he says. I know I'm doing that. But enough from me. It's time to find out how Roger Strong of Real Tough Dad is attempting fatherhood. Obviously, I want to say thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Roger Strong. Hello, thank you for having me. Real tough, Dad. Give me the give me the nuts and bolts. What it, what is it? How did it start? Uh, it all started um, as a result of my life as a as a full time stay at home dad. Um, for I started at about six years into the process, um, and I was a big fan of all the memers that were out there, and you know got a lot of comfort out of seeing people go through the same thing. Um, and at the time, uh, I was meeting about every day with another stay at home dad. Uh, we, we commiserated our lives together. We spent almost every day together. We would, you know, text each other what park we were going to. We would just meet up. Um, and so we basically raised our kids together. Um, and then at six years in, our kids went to different schools. And so our schedules completely diverged and uh, life changed dramatically for both of us. And so I was really looking for a way to connect with other people and have an outlet for myself because uh, when you're six years deep into something and you're not sure how much longer it's going to last, you're kind of grasping for your reality and trying to find, find out who you are. And um, I found early on that, um, that I needed to engage my life instead of lamenting like, Oh, what else am I going to do? Ooh, I like that. What's my career going to be? It's like, I had to engage it fully. And it's like, this is my life. I'm, I'm, I'm living with my kids. I'm, I'm every day with my kids. Like, this is it. And what I found by doing that was that the material wrote itself at that point. And I, so I was just uh, documenting my days and then trying to find humor in it and sarcasm and snark and, wit and whatever I could, you know, muscle together, uh, just to make sense of the world that I was in. And I just found that like, it became such a release for me. Um, I, I gathered so much from what other people had done for me. Um, but it was also, it's such a relief and a release for me now. Um, just to put something together. It's like, if I, I had this most insane morning with my kids and it's like, <laughs> It's like it's like it reminds me of X, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I find I find that, and like, and I'm or the, or I'm frantically doing a search for like, you know, whatever you want to pick an emotion, and it's like discontent. How oh, let's find the right image for discontent. Right, right, and then kind of spiral from there. Um, and so it just became a way to release that tension and to also document my life. And so if you if you look at if you you know dare to scroll through my entire post and people should because they're hilarious and they're done very well you'll basically see 
uh, my daily blog. That is like every post. I remember every post. I remember exactly what happened. And it's like I can tell you exactly who did what and why and why I felt that way. And That's so cool. It becomes kind of a journal of your fatherhood journey. It's like almost at that level, like, yes, it's great that people are coming on board, but how cool is it that you can look back on that, like you just said, and like, remember exactly that moment or like, that's when that thing spilled or that's when that broke or we were late to this or, you know, you know those moments. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It really is interesting to go back and, and look at some of the earlier ones and go like, oh, I remember that day, <laughs> but you know, and then, then to post the things and have it resonate with people and have people connect with it, um, really continues to, I don't know, amaze me on one level. Um, but it, it also encourages me a lot because I, I tell people this a lot is like the, the most common comment I get from people is I thought I was the only one. That's a hundred percent the male experience. I feel like I, I yeah. totally resonate with that. That was a major reason that I started this podcast, which was simply yeah. my experience with young kids felt like I was broken because I wasn't uh, experiencing things the way either a I thought I was supposed to, or b what I saw other dads highlighting either on social or in conversations or lack of conversation. Oh yeah. I, I love my kids now, but I hated when they were babies. Why didn't you tell me that you, you left that out. That's a very important part. Uh, you, you just don't, you got to tell me the whole reasoning here. So I totally uh, understand that aspect to, to your love of what you do. Yeah. And uh, you know, when I look at my stats, I'm actually surprised to find out that 75% of my followers are women. How about that? I did this part by design. Like I deliberately avoid dad jokes. Don't like them. So, okay. you know, I, I, how about this? A professional dad who doesn't like dad jokes. That's somehow that's a meme or a dad joke. In it, it is. It is. I realize I'm an anomaly. Um, and I honestly, I don't know a lot of dads that do the dad joke thing. I can appreciate a good pun and that's all well and good. And there are accounts out there, uh, dad accounts and other meme accounts that, you know, that is, the, that is their shtick. And that's like that. You know, that is legitimate. Yeah, more power to yeah, it. Yeah, more power to them. It's a legitimate way to do it. But like, for me, it's like, uh, I found it, on one sense, I found it limiting. Um, mm. And on the other sense, it's like, I wanted, dare I say, I wanted to throw my hat in the ring with, the, with everybody. And so I was like, I wanted it to be more universal, not so, so dad-centric. And so a lot of my posts will be you know, parenthood and parenting rather than mom or dad. Um, because it's like, this is a universal experience. Getting kids to put on pants, that's a universal <laughs> experience. Um, getting kids uh, to eat or to stop eating, you know. I've, all of it, it. it. All of it. Or getting kids to stop falling asleep in their cottage cheese. I mean, it's pretty universal. <laughs> Just a daily thing over there. It's a daily thing household. over here, you know, and, and to keep their matchbox cars out of the cottage cheese. That's oh, also boy. a battle, you know. Um, so I, I, I think so much of it is universal. And yes, there are some mom-centric mom things. There are dad-centric things. Um, but also, you know, I see dads getting bagged on a lot. Why? Yeah. Why do you think dads get bagged on? Do you think that's just because social is more vocal and now that's ha like, it, that wasn't happening before and now it is, or it's just now it's more vocalized. I, I don't know, you know, constantly coming down through your feed that like, apparently, you know, dads can't find anything and they have to, uh, 
call from the grocery store five or six times and um, they are uh, not present with their children and they don't wake up with the babies. It's like that is not my experience at all with any of the dads yes. that I know. And if that is a problem, you know, with your spouse, um, might want to take that. Probably talk about it. Probably right? address <laughs> that rather than bag it on them on, on social media. Well, there's, do you know the, the dumb dad podcast, those guys? They're uh, two guys out of California, both stay-at-home dads, actually, uh, actors. I knew them when I lived in L.A. I was on their podcast. They were on mine. They've done some really funny stuff, but their whole thing is we're the dumb dad pod, and then in parentheses it says the dumb is silent because they kind of right. felt the same way you did, where yeah. it was like dads and media are portrayed oftentimes as unable to do these things, like go to the grocery store and like, which one do I pick up? And when do I do this thing? Or, you know, these types of things. Yes. And so their whole thing is kind of the satirical approach at that. Yeah. Um, but but their stuff is all very high-level comedy. It's not dad jokes. They, had, yeah. they do a lot of great videos. One of them you may have seen and not known. Um, it was like a, a, a sports, like a after game oh, yeah. sports it's conference hilarious. And sitting there talking. Yeah. So that's them. That's yeah. the dumb dads. Yeah. They're, and, they're, yeah. Their stuff is hysterical. They're, they're spot on. And they're just that, that you know, post game interview is just classic. It's like, they're just caught. Yeah. They're hilarious. I love them. Yeah. And, 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 you know, speaking to that element, you know, it was birthed out of that, like guys, we, we as men want to be more involved. I can't speak as an entire gender. Many of the fathers I know want to be more involved. Many of the fathers I know are more involved. Yeah. So it doesn't help at all if you're like knocking us for our involvement. Uh, and, and sometimes yeah. I think that comes from other dads too because there's an element of like either superiority, I've been in this game longer, you know, I'm a more involved dad, or the other which is kind of like, hey, I like my dad bod. I like my sofa. I like my whiskey when I come home from work. Like, don't jeopardize this. You know what I mean? With your right. like, let's be involved and know our kids' names and where they go to school. It's <laughs> too much. You. Yo, you, yes, you, dad. It's time to start caring a little bit more about yourself. You're doing a great job keeping those little humans alive, but if your personal hygiene game is slipping, it's okay. The folks at Bird Hair are stepping up to help out. They're offering 15% off all of their products to Attempting Fatherhood listeners using the code BIRDAF. That's B-Y-R-D-A-F. So go ahead, grab some body wash, hair product, or shampoo. It's made in California using super clean and natural ingredients, and every purchase directly supports Attempting Fatherhood. So it's a win-win. Okay, back to the show. But on that note, like, I've also run into, like, it's it, particularly when I was first starting, I think after a while, people got used to seeing me with my kids, so I was less of a, a novelty. But there was one time I went to the grocery store and, and wrangling my kids, and, and you know, the, it's almost a prescribed response. The mom said, oh, you know, you have the day with the kids. And I was like, yep, all day, every day. And her eyes dropped, and you could see this wistfulness go across her face. And she was like, I wish mine would do that. And I was like, oh, that just... Awkward. Oh. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's awkward, and you're just like... You just feel the pain. What, what is going on mm. with a man that doesn't want to... It's like, what... This is your... What is happening that you have your own child that you, want to, you don't want to fully engage with? I don't, it, it just escapes my mind. 
when I have these amazing children that are beyond challenging. At times. Yes, yes. <laughs> Those two things can coexist, by the way. You can yes, love them yes. and be frustrated with them simultaneously. Yes. Yep. I, 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 when I was first starting out, you know, 10 years ago, people were often like, you know, oh, it's the novel dad at the park. Oh, you're out at the park with the kids. And when I was hanging with my buddy, th- this happened as well. Um, it actually made a post out of it, but we were just there, there hanging out as we did every day. And we had our snacks and we brought our lunches and we were, you know, kids were playing in the park and we were preventing death and destruction like we normally <laughs> did. Um, and uh, a mom was saying, they're like, oh, you guys like stay full-time dads. And she was trying to wrap her head around it. Like, yeah, this is what we do. We've been doing this for a while. And she's like, oh my gosh, would you talk to my husband? Because he does not get it. Wow. He doesn't, he, he doesn't get it. It's like the, in the world of the stay at home parent, um, so many people don't get it. Like, what do you do all day? And like, do you, do you really want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I will, I will have you weeping in a corner <laughs> if you really knew what I did all day. Um, and it's, you know, uh, I, th- I think the exhaustion level that stay at home parents feel um, is a really unique circumstance um, that it's a lot of, a lot of um, working parents don't quite yep. grasp, but they may have a, an inkling of it. Like, Oh, I can, I need to watch the kids for the weekend while you're away at something. Right. Um, and then they kind of experience it, but that is a, that's an inaccurate assessment because you, you know, it's ending soon, but when you're doing it full time for years and you don't know when it's going to end, you have to pace yourself and you have to build up the calluses and you have to, steal moments of sanity it's like i love that that's great dad advice i love that um well so you're you're about 50 yeah yeah i am 50 i'm 52 okay so i'm 41 so okay you're a young pup young pup thank you thank you i i don't uh, always feel that in the mornings when i wake up but (laughs) i will hold on to that and i will take that what was it like growing up for you in terms of your dad was he you know, there's been a major cultural shift, I think, in a lot of ways with this element of of, of uh, kind of dad involvement. So w- what was it like kind of uh, growing up with your dad? What is something that you loved from from his parenting of you that, you that you've kind of incorporated? And then what's something you've decided to leave out? Growing up in the 70s, we were free range kids. You know, that was that was back in the day. It was like, uh, you go outside and you come back when the streetlights are yeah. on. Yeah, see you at that dinner. Was, you come home from school and then I'll see you at dinner. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that was like you ran around with your your friends all day. You and you hopped on a bike and you went over to a friend's house. You played soccer in the field across the street and played football. And you know we would walk to the swimming pool that was two miles yeah. away. You know that was <laughs> a totally different time. Um, so there, there was a lot of that going on, but um, my situation was unique in that we were a military family, and my father, was, my father was career Air Force. We grew up in Omaha, um, and so we were within spitting distance of the Air Force Base, the the Offutt Air Force Base, and he was uh, knee deep in the uh, at the time it was called a uh, Strategic Air Command. It was the SAC headquarters, and if you watch movies from the 70s and 80s and they talk about omaha and sack underground that was that was wow. our world um and like if you drive by like you drive by the outfit or the uh the air base and there would be a sign that would say 
do not be alarmed at sudden loud jet engine noise. <laughs> and that was like standard operating procedure. It's like you'd hear jets fly over every day. And it was, you know, commonplace. Um, and as a result of what he did, we did not move around. We stayed in Omaha. My parents are still in the same house. Um, my elementary school is still across the street. You know, um, it's the, the area has changed quite a bit, but um, that was, you know, everything is, it, it's weird to go back as an adult and see everything the same, but not the same. Um, but because of what he did, he was gone a lot. He, he flew reconnaissance. He monitored um, the Russian things. borders. Yeah. Things um, and flew up and down the international dateline um, doing hundreds of sorties, that's what they call them, monitoring and um, radar and all that kind of thing, and had many run ins with um, MiG fighters. And, you know, just, they're doing their job, you're doing right, your job. Right. And Let's not get too close. They, yeah, they would, you know, flip each other off and they would, you know, um, make each other run into each other, you know, the, the jet wash, that kind of thing. Um, and there's still a lot of stuff you can't talk about. Um, he has a wall full of medals. It's like, yeah, I can't talk about that one. <laughs> um, so he was gone quite a bit and it, for weeks at a time. Um, so my, we were basically raised by my mom. And so with that sort of framework setting everything up, we understood, I think my brother and I have talked about it, that we've understood that even though our father wasn't always there, we, we understood that what he was doing was noble and patriotic and essential and vital to our, we understood that. Whereas some kids who grew up without a father have the abandonment issues and the betrayal and abuse, you know, with my father, it was, you know, much different sort of scenario. Um, and so I grew up, you know, with a very strong sense of duty and strong sense of responsibility and um, that some things were heavy and important and also that not all things are what they seem. Um, oh, that's interesting for a kid. Yeah. It's like, because like my dad couldn't talk about things. Um, right. And um, having him get an emergency call at two in the morning and, you know, the, you know, and, and see the, the anxiety on both of their faces and like, okay, what's going on? And, wow. um, you know, and seeing that very familiar, olive green flight suit and the, the combat boots and the, the green oversized duffel bag that he would carry around. Um, you know, th that brings a flood of memories from my childhood and uh, dropping uh, your dad off at the tarmac on the airbase, you know, 530 in the morning wow. and seeing all of the dads say goodbye to their families and just feeling, seeing the weight on their faces as they climbed onto mm. the bus. Um, that you know was that was really impactful as a as a little kid about uh, my dad is doing really important things and was that element ever communicated like did your mom sit you down and say hey guys I know this is tough you know kind of that type of conversation that I feel like now happens you know because there's so much communication mental health and these types of concepts towards kids or, or was it just kind of like your mom could see that you guys got it and it was just like you guys were all good with that. Um, I don't remember like specific conversations, but it was a lot of like, let's do the best we can. Yeah. Let's, um, 
let's take care of each other. Mm. Let's go out to eat over here to celebrate. There was one time when I was in junior high, my brother was in high school. My father did what is called a, a PCS, it's called a permanent change of station. At the time, um, every officer was required to do at least one year in a PCS. And so he spent a year in um, a, an island called Shemya, which is the second to last inhabited island on the Aleutian chains off of Alaska. Whoa. It's, I believe, four square miles, and they call it the Rock. And it's got an air base there, still there. And they would fly off from there to do their reconnaissance. And so when I was in junior high, my dad was gone for a year. Wow. And like I, re I remember when we dropped him off, it was really hard for everybody and emotional. It's like, okay, let's take care of each other. Let's go to the mall. Let's go to, out to yep. eat to a nice restaurant and let's support each other. And then, um, you know, just sort of that process of understanding that we were all in it together. So, you know, a lot of... A lot of factors <laughs> with growing up with all that stuff. My father also, you know, he was involved with a lot of classified and top secret stuff. And so he kept almost his entire life close to his vest. That was his world. And so as a father, um, I think that tended to keep him very, very private. Mm. And, and he internalized a lot. Um, and, you know, being the military structure, uh, my mom grew up military too. So we were, you know, we were on time for everything. Um, we, you know, five thirty dinner meant five thirty dinner, um, and and so we learned uh, um, just being responsible around um, say what you do and or say what you mean and mean mm -hmm. what you say. That was in, in what we just grew up knowing and understanding. So where does where does your passion for I'm going to stay at home? I'm going to be a dad. I love being a dad you know, let's, let's elevate men, let's elevate fatherhood. Where does that come from? Was that something that, you know, it's almost kind of like you feel like this is your duty, you know, like this is your calling, like your, your father had, had a bit of duty as well. Um, or where does that come from for you? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's an interesting question. I think for me, it's just, a, it's just a, it's an extension of my life as a dad and, and I don't really see it as much in that. You know, on a, on a maybe on a Christian level, I can think of it as you know, you know, quote unquote, a ministry. But I don't, I don't conflate myself in that regard by any means. Um, but I just feel it is like, like when I post something, it's it's much more about like this is what I'm going through, and you know, I need to get this out of my head and try to commiserate. And like you know, we made up a slogan a long time ago, like if I'm not memeing, I'm screaming. So I, I guess that's where it just kind of comes from. It's just more of like it, it came out of a, the need of the moment more than anything. Of like, I need just for my own sanity, my own mental health to somehow wrap my head around these experiences. I, me as a toddler, I don't remember how I was dealt with as a toddler. Um, and, you know, so I, I'm like, okay, you know, what did my dad right, do? Well, I right. don't remember what my dad did. So it's like, and so I'm, I'm looking at my kids like, yeah. I, I don't know. And like, you know, you can, you know, Google all day long, like, who, wh what happens when my kid does this? And it's like, you'll get totally divergent opinions and whatever. And it's like, well, it's like, I have to, you know, engage my child in, in so many different levels, the spiritual, the intellectual, the physical, the emotional, and like trying to invert myself into their mind of like, 
I, because I remember being five years old and understanding everything. Wow. But I didn't, I didn't know how to express it. Right. Like, you know, you understand betrayal, you mm. understand I- infatuation. Yeah. And I can honestly say I am the same kid, same person that I was when I was five years old. I just know myself. And, and, <laughs> wow, that's you know? mind-blowing. That's such an interesting thought, like that you're kind of fully formed. You know, I've, I've heard therapists and people talk about like, you know, a lot of that initial wound, you know, and, and I think, you know, trauma can be relative. It doesn't have to be, you know, my mom died in a car crash. It can be, you know, my dad yelled right. at me at this moment. It can be small trauma, but, yeah. but a lot of those things happen by the time you're like six or seven. And it's just the rest of your life that, calls back to those moments or is a repeat of those moments. So it's interesting that you would say like, I'm the same person I was at age five. I could just now express myself. <laughs> it's so funny. I love that. Yeah. And I, and I, and like, I, you know, I, I understand the emotions better. I understand the motivations better. I understand how to navigate, you know, how I'm feeling, how to, um, you know, well, what, what's the word? How to express <laughs> I myself? Find it great either you're like, how, uh, what's the word for expressing? <laughs> uh, I'm such a good uh, yes, I, expresser. I, I can't express what I'm, I'm so good at expressing. I'm so articulate. I'm so articulate. <laughs> I've learned how to navigate that that web of emotions and the layers of the emotions. I guess far more better. You know, I don't know if you're a fan of the Enneagram. Yeah, this this is yeah, it's, it. it's on fire uh, with everyone around me. So uh, and has been <laughs> for to the to the point. I've got friends on both sides of the spectrum. You know, somebody that's like, oh, that's such a three. Uh, of course, a three would do that. You know, and then the other person that's just like, this is such crap. Like, just throw it out the window. So I, you know, I was on it like early, like Myers Briggs type of stuff. And then the Enneagram came along. For people who are listening, can you explain that just as a quick, like, if people don't know what that is? Uh, the Enneagram is just basically a, a personality, almost like like Again, rating system or like a profile a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's yeah. I'd call it personality profiles, and like it 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 describes it in nine different basic personality types, and then but there's also you know you can have a wing element, so like a one can have a one with a strong two wing or one with a strong nine wing. And what I really appreciated about it was like when you identify your core number that how you degrade what you degrade to and what you um, progress toward like if you're if you're healthy the five i'm a five i'm a castle five for all of you who are into that um when i'm healthy i progress towards an eight which is really forceful military some would say maybe military like maybe militant uh tyrannical um (laughs) <laughs> but they can be brutally honest and they're extremely confident in how they are approaching something. But I also degrade towards a seven and an unhealthy seven is somebody who's just wishy-washy, no, no direction. Everything is hunky-dory. I'm, you know, it's all whatever, man. That's it's the all, 70s. It's all good, bro. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've, I've learned a lot from mm. understanding that arena and it's also helped me understand my kids. Like, yeah, I was going to ask how how do you as a, as a father kind of then take that information uh, and and apply it to your role of understanding your kids and also like you talked about like helping them understand themselves, right? Like if we believe that our kids are kind of fully formed by this, you know, four or five years old, then they need the rails to be able to interpret themselves. So how do you do that? Yeah, the rails like. And I, I think my role, one of my roles as a father is that huge guardrail that they constantly bump up against. 
Um, and like, I, I think that my oldest son is a five like me because, uh, because of all the different circumstances that we've come in contact with. And so with that understanding, I'm like, okay, this is what I wish I could have had when I was that age. And this is how I wish someone would have addressed me rather than, you know, nothing specific, but rather than somebody just right. dismissing my feelings or telling me to get out of my blue funk. Yeah. It's like, how about address the reality of it and help me navigate um, these, these intense emotions that I'm feeling. And I feel, you know, as a five, you feel things so differently yes, as an yes. INFJ thinks to the Alzheimer's Briggs. I feel things so deeply. Um, how do I express that? And like finding outlets for my son to be able to release that intense emotion and, and find ways that he can creatively express it. And that, you know, led me into, a lot of the arts for me, like music, writing, acting, filmmaking, it just it had to get out some way because I had all these intense emotions. I didn't have a way to express them or experience them the way yeah. that I wish I could. Because, you know, I'm a, if, if, if I'm an introvert, you know, I'm not going to be like walking into a town hall somewhere and, and lecturing right. people on things like that. But as an, yeah. act, as an actor... I can take on a role that is, you know, far more boisterous and as an outlet, whatever. Um, and I can full as an outlet, I can fully engage that and allow that five or 10% of my personality to come become 90%. You know, as you're understanding yourself, you're then kind of multiplying that out or, or using that as a way to help understand your kids. Um, is there anything that you would like go back and tell yourself, you know, day one, kid one, uh, baby's born, what kind of advice would you give that dad? The biggest thing is I would say, don't be afraid to ask for a break. Mm. And, and for the first, I'm trying to remember how many years it was, it was at least three years. It was, it was into our second kid. And um, I had a project I was working on and, and uh, wasn't ha- I didn't have any time to, to complete it. And I just asked, hey, can I, my wife works full time. She's a graphic designer. And I was like, can I have Saturday morning off so I can go finish this? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Whatever you need. And so I went there and I sat down to try to work on stuff. And I literally stared at the wall for an hour because I did not realize how unhealthy I was. Wow. And because you've just been home, going, 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 going. Yeah. You know, years. you just get your head down. You think it's like, I'm taking care of two kids. I don't have time to complain it's like my wife is working full-time she's working overtime my kids still need diapers my still my kids still aren't taking naps i've got to navigate that um i and they're still waking up three or four times a night and uh so you know try you just you're just navigating you're you're in survival you're just pure survival mode and it was is it was that when i got home from that morning my wife said so how'd it go and i was like that was amazing and it's like, I need to do that more. I did not realize how unhealthy I was. And you know, you've got to separate yourself from, from the process to realize, wow, I am, not, I am not healthy, like at all. And from that point on, um, we have worked together to make sure that I have some sort of break every week. And you know, that was started three or four years ago. And so it's like every week we work to like, okay, I need some can I have, usually it's uh, an afternoon on the weekend 
sometimes, you know, an evening, if I'm like really, really struggling to be like, why don't you go take off? And for me, my decompression is a movie. Um, like just going to a movie, uh, and completely engaging in getting lost. And, and, and that is the best decompression for me. I don't have any kid interrupting me or, you know, I'm not, I'm not touched out or anything like that. Did, did you guys know when you got married that was going to be the setup? I'm going to be stay-at-home dad. You be full-time worker. How did that conversation happen? How did that evolution happen? <laughs> I see the smile on your face as there's, there's <laughs> uh, books to be written about this. You know, it's one of those serendipitous things, honestly. It's like um, I've always been drawn to kids. My brother's got four, um, and I, I, and I like... Growing up, I would work in the church nursery and, you know, that kind of a thing. And um, I always loved kids, but we just, for, for whatever reason, we just knew that it was not time for us to be having kids. And, and for all we knew, that we would not be able to. We, we, we were going to live our lives without kids. And um, when my wife got pregnant, it was like, you know, standard sort of thing. And she, and she was working uh, full time. And, um, and, and right about that time, I was working in IT and the company I was working for started fading and was, you know, you could see the writing on the wall that they were not going to be around much longer. And when we had the baby, she, um, she got a six month maternity leave through her, awesome. through her work three months, you know, because of FEMA, you know, you can yeah, take yeah. up to six months and you're guaranteed to have your job back. And, so by, by the end of her, like, this is how it all really all worked out was like the last day of her maternity leave was my last day working for the company because they'd gone out of business. And I had unplugged all the servers and turned them in. And that was. Wow. So it was like literally that next, that, that, next, that next Monday, she went to work and I was home with the kid. And it was a very. It was a very short conversation. Honestly, it was like, what are we going to do after maternity leave? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, I can just stay with the kid. And she's, and for her, it was like, you know, she grew up with a mom sure. who stayed home. And I grew up yeah, with a mom more who traditional. stayed home. So we're trying to wrap her. Yeah, more traditional. And, and like my wife always considered that she yeah. would be the one to stay home. And that was a no-brainer. And so when this opened up and she had a good career going, it was like, this makes sense. Wow. And... And it just started from there. Did you think at the time, like, all right, this is it? Or was it kind of like, I'll kind of be a stopgap and then, you know, another IT job will come and maybe we'll hire a nanny? I mean, that more of a traditional mindset going in? Or was it like, you know what? I think this is it. I'm just going to do this. I think for for a period, there's definitely like, you know, we can put the kid in daycare and I can just get another job. Because like, that's what that's what's expected. Just go get another job. Right, right. And then we started realizing that daycare was going to cost as much or more than me working full time. My kids are yeah. in full time, full time school now. Um, and last year at this time, they were finally going back full time. And that, that was a really difficult week. It was a really, really hard week. I did a post about it and you know, you, it, it condensed because you kind of became an empty nester kind of, or what do you mean? Well, um, I condensed a lot of emotions in that, in the, in the post that I wrote. Um, for that particular day, it's just three lunch boxes set up. And it's like, I have looked forward to this day that, you know, the kids are all full-time in school. I have the days to myself, but it's like, when I think back to how difficult these years have been 
and how mm. stressful and, and how hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. My word. Mm. You've got three lives that are completely and utterly dependent upon you that cannot be away from you for any length of time or they will literally die. Um, and, and so, and it, and, it, and at the same time, you're not only a guardrail against like, Hey, we want you to sever off your limb here, <laughs> but I'm also, you know, a spiritual guide an intellectual guide about like, you know, this is appropriate behavior. This is yep. a, this, what's a better response. And Hey, we don't, we don't hit, we don't pull hair, leave the dog alone. Stop, li- <laughs> stop licking the window, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so it pulled in so many different directions and um, so many different hats constantly all day long. And you never know which hat you're going to need to wear. And then when you break down and you lose your temper, you'd feel awful. And um, when I've got my boys are extremely strong willed and extremely defiant. And so the toddler years were brutal. It's like, hey, let's go to a park. And they would scream, no. I'm like, wait a second. It's a park. It's, a it's full park. of fun. There's it's a, not there's the a, dentist. Yeah, it's a, there's a sand pit and there's a tornado slide. Like, what <laughs> is happening? So you have those lunch boxes and you, you yes. have this this dichotomy of emotion, right? Where it's like, I've been looking forward to this, but also this is the end of a major chapter in my dad life, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that was the, the difficult, just coming to terms with what happens now. And, mm. and it's still an ongoing question because I don't know. Um, it's also like reliving those moments of like, I didn't think this was ever going to happen. And, and then it's also the, the, the doubting and the questioning. It's like, have, have I, have I been effective? Have have I, you know, supported them enough yet still been a guide rail yet still been a trail guide. Yeah. The the weight of that emotion, that was a really difficult few days of like, you know, the house was very, very different. It just felt really different. And then they mm. came home and everything was chaos again. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, so it's like, wait a second, this is supposed to be a really emotional day for me. And you're not, you're not validating my feelings. They're just like, where's the snacks, dad? Where's the chocolate? Yeah. Oh, I Nothing hate school. Nothing changed for them. Yeah, right. it's, it's for you. Yeah. It's not the end. Yep. Uh, but this is my season. It might be my season for another 10 years until my kids are out of the house. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I like looking at things in seasons. That's something that, you know, when I was younger, it was like, got my 10 year plan, got my 15 year plan, you know, and it was like that just none of that happened. Yeah. It's like, boop, exactly. And so, you know, at at the same time, like truly being grateful or trying, this is the word trying, but definitely insert the word trying to be grateful for the moments that we have and seeing them as they're going to change. All good things come to an end. All bad things come to an end. It's a season, you know, and and I think you can really measure that with kids because you know that the the early baby stage is a season that that kind of moves, mm-hmm. and then you have toddler, which is I've got a one and a half year old and an eight year old, so you know we're kind of working on on different seasons there as well. So that's really yeah. helpful for me to kind of uh, understand and also kind of like like a runner would see their stage like okay so I'm I'm halfway I'm a quarter of the way I'm through you know I'm just going to run the next 2 miles then I'm going to run the next 2 miles and you see it as a season and it makes it more manageable I guess as we kind of wrap this up what is something you could say you've said so much uh pertinent and helpful information for stay at home dads working dads stay at home moms working moms all of this like you said the parent 
uh, experience is really universal, but specifically to just just dads who are listening, what's some advice you could give to them, some encouragement that you could give to them? I would say empathy goes a long way for a young child. Um, having them, you know, they may be you know, experiencing a huge emotional outburst over a piece of yeah. plastic that yeah. broke. That emotion is still valid. You can say the, the reaction, we can temper that and say, like, hey, let's work through this. But to have to not dismiss the child's feelings because it just because it's not my core reality at their moment, it's that's their core reality. That's so good. It's so much of it is is understanding the needs of each child. So much of getting into the mind of like, what does the kid respond yeah, to? That's good. What and I've heard it described as like, what is the kid's currency? What is yeah, their currency? That's good too. Catch your child doing good and reward the positive opposite. So if your child is, you know, talking back every time you ask them a question, then you find the positive opposite, which is like answering politely, and then you reward that positive mm-hmm. opposite rather than punish. Yes. Hey, you're talking back, you're yep. grounded. Yep. You're like, hey, if you had if you had given me a more polite response, I would add five marbles to yeah. this jar that holds yep. 100, 100 marbles or whatever. And then once that mar- that jar is full, we can do X. Uh, and then you find out what your kid's currency is and then you kind of move from yeah, there. Yeah, that's good too. Love what you're doing uh, at Real Tough Dad and, and you know, what, uh, what you're about. So really appreciate you opening up to that for, for all of our fathers out there who are listening and, um, and keep, keep dadding. You're doing great. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I don't uh, get out much. <laughs> I don't get to talk to a lot of... An adult wants to talk to me? Uh, uh, yeah. An adult? Yeah. What? Oh, uh, what? Let me form words. Should, words. should I shower, honey? Is that a thing that... Is that? Do people <laughs> still do that? Is showering a thing? Okay. All right. I'll do it. Yes. But I, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity and um, uh, you know, look forward to you continuing to do great things too with this great podcast and reaching out to so many people. That's the hope. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and and gets you excited about living your life, doing what you're doing. If you have felt that way, please make sure you rate us on Spotify, on Apple. Just rate us. Give us some stars, hopefully five. And make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great way to build community, to share this information with other dads. You know, start a text chain, whatever. That helps us. That helps you. We grow this community and all that. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Again, thank you so much. And have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.